Hi, this is Michael Buffer, and welcome to the Box Hard Podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Mikey Garcia. It's the monster from the swamps, Regis Ruguru Program. Hey, what's up? This is King Carlos Molina, former IBF world champ. This is Michael, the bounty hunter, 2012 Olympian and your people's champ. This is Charlie Edwards, flyweight champion of the world. This is Fast Eddie Chambers, and you're listening to the Box Hard Podcast with my main man, Joey Coastman. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 352 of the Box Hard Podcast. I'm your host, Joey Coastman. I'm joined, as ever, by former heavyweight world title challenger, Mr. Fast Eddie Chambers. Eddie, how are you doing this week, my man? I'm doing good, my man. How about you? Always good when speaking with you, Eddie. Let's dive straight into the review part of the show. I'm going to try my best to fly through this. going to start here with this one that took place at the KRK um, in X. Katerinburg in Russia. This one over here, just one fight really worth mentioning. The main event, Magomed Kurbanov, now 23 and 0. Uh, he was able to pick out a decision win against um, against um, Patrick Texera, former world champion, who's now 31 and 4. So yeah, he managed to drop him, uh, Kurbanov, but he did. Uh, he did end up, in the end, winning on points. So he had him down and won on points. Great stuff for him. Moving out now to the O2 Arena in Greenwich, London, United Kingdom. I was there for this card at the O2, as I say, on the zone, live on the zone. Let's start with the undercard. Uh, a win for Ramla Ali, now 6-0. and o, A points win over 8 against Augustina Rojas, who's now... Um, Six and two. Ramla Ali for the points win was quite a good price. I had a couple little bets on that. Um, quite surprised to see how much support that Ramla Ali had. Um, rings not 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 ringside, but in the crowd. Um, a lot of females actually at the boxing, which which um, is kind of unusual, I guess. So she's got like a very female predominant uh, fan base. Um, a lot of Muslim females. Um, so yeah, that was different. Uh, good win for her. Uh, Salomon Dakers now four and zero points win over eight against Kevin Espindola, who's now seven and five. Salomon Dakers now four and zero. Elsewhere on the card, the only man to score a knockout, Fabio Wardley, now fourteen and zero. A second round TKO against Chris Healy, who was a last minute replacement. Really, he's now nine and ten. Healy down in the first round and once in the second prior to the stoppage. And Kevin, I think I've been saying his name wrong for so long. I've been calling him Kalmin Agyarko. I think his name's Kevin Ajarko, I believe it's actually said. He's now 12 and 0, a unanimous decision over 10 against Lucas Mashic, who is now 28 and 5 with a draw. He's not very good, Mashic, to be honest with you. He pretty much got shut out. And that one was for the vacant WBA International Super Welterweight title. Uh, title. Elsewhere on the card, the rematch between Israel Majorov now. 9-0 with a draw against Michelle Soro, who's now 35-3 and with two draws. Um, it's a shame, really, because the first fight, I believe, was quite a good fight, and then Madrimov ended up, ended up stopping him late on. And then this time here, um, a head clash, and that caused a cut on Soro. I think it was his left eye, I believe, and the fight ended up getting stopped. So a technical draw, just three rounds completed. 
And then the main event, Derek Chisora now 33-12, and 12, a split decision win over 12 rounds against Kubrat Pulev, who's now 29-3. and 3. That's the first time Kubrat Pulev has lost to a guy that doesn't hold a world title. Uh, it was for the WBA international heavyweight title, which was vacant. Pulev was cut on both eyes. I think the left in the fifth and the tenth round is where he got cut on the other eye, the right eye. Um... For me, it wasn't the right call, and I will admit I didn't have the best view. I was sat um, uh, in 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 the arena, but I wasn't ringside. I didn't have the best view. But on my card, I had it wide, very very wide for Pulev, and I'm going to get into what I saw from my point of view. Um, the first round I did give to Chisora. The second round I gave to Pulev. Round three I gave to Pulev. I felt that Pulev was repeatedly trying to land those uppercuts, the ones that Joseph Parker had so much success with, and Chisora was just walking onto them. And at range, I didn't even think it was a contest. I mean, Pulev was in full control, and up close was Chisora's only chance, but he wasn't jabbing his way in, and he doesn't ever jab his way in. He was just pretty much getting caught coming in and looking very tired as well as early as the, uh, the third round. Some people were even saying he was gassing in round one. Um, round four I gave to Pulev. Round five I gave to Pulev. Uh, round six I gave to Pulev. Once again, I decided to note down that the difference in boxing skills was crazy. Pulev was looking like a master boxer. Chisora was looking like a white collar fighter. Round seven was a slightly better round from Chisora. The crowd began to get loud for him. I wasn't sure he won it though. A lot of it was on the gloves of Pulev, there wasn't too much landing clean from where I was sat, but I gave him the round sympathetically. Round eight was a big, big round for Pulev. He ended um, the round quite excitingly, and Pulev actually staggered Chisora onto the ropes, and Chisora was on the ropes taking shots. He came back with a big overhand right himself, and it landed like a dream on Pulev's chin. It was definitely the best punch of the fight up until that point, but Pulev took it very well, and even though... Um, you know, he he, he he landed a great shot, Chisora. I didn't think it was enough to win the round. I still gave it to Pulev. Round 9, for me, was the best round of the fight so far. At that point, it started fantastically. Both men were landing eye-catching shots on each other, one after the other. Chisora had some success with overham rights. I was quite surprised to see Pulev... Uh, the, the leakiness in his defence, he, he was just allowing it to happen again and again and again, getting tagged with these overhand rights. But for the most part, Chisora was on the ropes in that round as well, and Pulev was the man having the better success. So I gave him that round. Round 10 I gave to Pulev. Uh, there was a few punches after the bell from both men in that 10th round. Round 11 was a Pulev round for me, so I had it 9-2. to two. I couldn't see it any other way. I felt it was a really easy fight to score. And then round 12, Chisora had a lot of success with big... Uh, singular overhand rights again in that last round. He probably landed some of his best shots of the fight in that round, but they were few and far between. And Pulev had success too, and for me was getting uh, or having success for more of the round. It wasn't as eye-catching, but he had more success. So it was a close round, but again, I gave it to Chisora a little bit sympathetically. So on my card, I had it 9-3 to Pulev, and I was staggered when I saw they gave it to Chisora on a split. Um, I did have a little bet on that, but just to put things into perspective and paint a picture, every one pound you bet on Chisora to win on points, you'd win £7.50. So that's like six and a half times your money. 
plus your stake back if Chisora was to win the fight on points. Those odds were too good to scroll past, so I did jump on it, but that is how unexpected the bookies saw that. I thought it, it shouldn't have been that big in terms of the odds. I thought that this could happen. You know, the crowd is always going to be with Derek Chisora at the O2 Arena against Kubrat Pulev. However, I didn't think he had it in his locker to actually outpoint Pulev over 12 rounds. And I still don't think he did do that, but uh, they gave it to him. And I felt that uh, Pulev was clearly robbed. But again, there's a lot of people online saying that... Um, it was a very close fight, and I didn't think it was. And some people said that Chisora won, and I cannot see that at all. I do know that a lot of people at home were watching the telecast, and if I'm not mistaken, because I haven't watched it back on the telecast, but if I'm not mistaken, I believe that David Hay was doing commentary, and David Hay, of course, just uh, stopped managing Derek Chisora, so they're really good friends. He was there to support Chisora. And then they kept asking Tony Bellew for his scorecard. And another thing I should mention, I, I was sat behind Tony Bellew, and he spent most of that fight on his feet, screaming instructions at Del Boy Chisora, who, of course, is a really good friend of his. So they kind of had two guys extremely biased, giving their analysis on the fight. So I'm not sure if that was... Um, you know, getting in the minds of the people at home watching it, because for me, Pulev won it very clearly, but like I say, I wasn't sat in the best seats. Anyway, let's move on from the O2 Arena. Let's now go to the White Sands Event Center in Plant City, Florida, USA. We're flying through this. Uh, top of the bill, just one fight really to mention. Caesar Francis, he's an undefeated prospect. He's now 11-0, and he's got a good scalp on his record. He was able to beat unanimously over 10 former world champion Raimundo Beltran, who's now 37-10 with a draw. It was for the WBO, NABO, super lightweight title. Beltran was down in round four, friend of the show, Beltran. I'd like to see him retire if he's losing to guys like this. Not to say that this guy is not a good fighter. I don't know. I haven't seen him before. And on the undercard, I will mention it. Heavyweight fight between Christian Fun, who was an 8-0 prospect. He got in with Curtis Harper, who we remember um, walked out of the ring or jumped out of the ring and ran down the, 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 the aisle back to his dressing room and didn't want to fight famously on TV when he was getting in with Effie Jagba. Well, anyway, Curtis Harper was able to spring the upset and take the O away from Christian Fun. So he came to spoil the party. He was no fun and and Curtis Harper now 14 and 8 um Funder was uh, oh his name's Christian Funder okay not fun Christian Funder okay bit of a misspelling or misreading from me anyway Christian Funder was down in round three and it ended in um a majority decision over eight rounds for Curtis Harper. Wow, oh wow. Moving out now to the Alamo Dome in San Antonio, Texas, USA. Uh, over here, let's get to the main event straight away. Mark Magseo, friend of the show. We had him on a couple weeks ago. He lost his WBC featherweight world title to Ray Vargas, the former champion, at 122. Two, uh, Magseo now 24 and 1, Ray Vargas now 36 and 0. Vargas was down though in round 9. Um, I felt Vargas did enough to win. I think Magseo, um, Magseo had a few rounds late on. I think early on, Vargas had the fight and. It was interesting because I heard someone else give some analysis. They gave a, a pre fight prediction and they said that they thought that 
you know, with the size and the jab of, of, of Ray Vargas, he would pick up an early lead and then Magseo would have to try and come back late on. And that is pretty much exactly what happened. He did come back late on, he did drop him, but it was just too little too late. And I think the right man got the decision. It was a split decision, though, over 12 rounds. Gutted to see Magseo lose his title. He's a really, really nice guy, as are most boxers from the Philippines, to be honest with you. But, um, yeah you know, the right man won and Ray Vargas was too good and Magseo certainly can come again. He's got the character, no doubt in that. Uh, elsewhere on that card, Frank Martin now 16-0, and a TKO in the 10th and final round against Jackson Marinez, who's now 19-3. and Marinez down in round 9 and 10. Rashidi Ellis with a win, a first round TKO against a guy who I think was a last minute replacement, Jose Marufo, who's now 13-11 and with two draws. He was down twice in that first round. Rashidi Ellis now 24 and 0 um and the chief support brandon figueroa friend of the show former super bantamweight world champion now 23 and 1 with a draw a tko in round six against carlos castro who for the first time has been stopped here he's now 27 and 2 castro down in the third round knocked out and overwhelmed by round six um Figueroa to win by knockout was 2-1. to one. I really liked the look of those odds and, of course, jumped on that as well. So I had quite a good weekend. Um, but, yeah, Figueroa, it was a, it was a really good fight. Um, I will give credit to Castro. I think he boxed really smart. He was using his good footwork, using his good angles. Um, as I say, Figueroa had him down in round three. And, yeah, to finish things in that last round, it was actually Figueroa who was on the ropes, shipping punches. But then he turned Castro, put him on the ropes, and pummeled him and, and forced the referee stoppage. Some people saying it was a bit premature. Maybe it was, but I think it was always inevitable that uh, Brandon Figueroa would, would, would get the stoppage. And he looked quite good at featherweight, even though both guys really were moving up from 122 to 126. So we can't read into it too much. But he looked good. He looked strong. And um, he boxed as well, actually. So for the, for the first time in a long, long time, he barely threw and landed anywhere near the kind of shots that he normally would throw and land. Um, on Sunday, I think there was a card on Sunday at the Manguita Boxing Promotion Club de Villa Francisca Santo Domingo, Dominican Republic. And that doesn't come out very often, certainly not for that length of time, the, the old accent coming out there. But we've got to mention it. Former world champion Jason Banana Rosario, now 23-3 and with a draw. A TKO in round two when he beat Francisco Sanchez, who's now 12-2 and with a draw. Like I say, second round knockout win there for Rosario. And then the final... Uh, fight to mention on the review part of the show actually took place yesterday, Wednesday, July 13th for the Ota City General Gymnasi Gymnasium in Tokyo, Japan. Over here, Kazuto Ioka, now 29-2, and and he was able to beat... Um, he was able to beat um, Donny Nietes, who's now 43-2 and with six draws. Um, a lot of people were kind of wondering if Donny Nietes had enough to, 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 to be able to win the fight. But no, in the end, Kaz Kazoto Ioka outclassed uh, Nietes and he gets some revenge there because, um, of course, Nietes was the guy that inflicted a loss on Ioka's record i think it was a few years ago um so yeah brilliant stuff there unanimous decision over 12 for ioka but that is it though for the review part of the show the final thing for me to do in this part 
is to welcome this week's special guest. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the Baltimore heavyweight and former co-host of this podcast. It is, of course, Mr. Hassim Reckman Jr. Hassim, welcome back on the show, my man. It's been a while. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's glad to be back home. Glad to be back home. There we go. So, Hassim, like I say, you're the man of the hour. It's going to be you that fights Jake Paul come August 6th. It'll be you out of the whole boxing world that becomes the first real boxer to get their chance at stopping this Jake Paul Express train. Firstly, how excited are you that you've managed to land this opportunity, especially coming off that loss last time out? Uh, You know, it's something that clearly I, w- I wasn't expecting. And um, it's, it's the biggest opportunity that anybody in boxing has seen in years. So, yes, I'm, I'm very excited and very much looking forward to uh, taking out this, 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 this actor, this content creator, guy that's come in, generated a buzz in the sport. But um, I'm definitely looking to do this in emphatic fashion. So um, I'm, I'm hoping to close the show early come August 6th. And how did it come around? Because here in the UK, obviously, most people were set on the fact Jake Paul would be fighting our countryman, Tommy Fury. When the fight fell through, no one over here would have expected you to be the replacement. I mean, they called me for for sparring um, because they were supposedly looking to fight Anderson Silva. But they wanted to know how much I weighed and how much sparring I had been doing since my fight and... They wanted to know all these particular things. So an hour after they called me and got all that information, they were they were calling offering fight. So you know how that go. <laughs> and obviously, Hasim, you've sparred him in the past. And a lot of people will say this. If you got the better of him in that sparring session, he surely wouldn't want to fight you in front of the world. And you told me a long time ago that you only use one arm. Obviously, you told that to the world this week at the press conference. But tell me what that sparring session was like, because we've seen a little few clips that don't obviously tell the full story. So first of all, they don't allow you to film. So I couldn't have my own copy of the the sparring that I could put out where I could put him turning around, running away, or BJ uh, saying certain things like, oh, he's up. Like, uh, you know, I, I don't have the luxury of having the video to be able to show that. Um, Jake puts out whatever he wants. He puts out the, the clips where he looks the best, obviously. Um, and like I said, I was boxing the man with one hand, and he didn't even realize. He didn't even realize I was only using one hand. That's how low his boxing IQ is. Um, he couldn't pick up on the fact that I was literally only using my left hand. So he thought he was doing this phenomenal job. And, I mean, um, he did – I think that he, he did much better the second time we sparred than the first time because the first time was absolutely like like a lion playing with his cub. And um, he did much better the second time. But, you know – I just both times I was under the 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 the, the uh, how do you say it? under the uh, they were basically telling me to take it easy on them from the, you know I was he was training with coaches that I respected and you know I, I gave them my word that you know I wouldn't go in and pummel this this guy he's from YouTube but um, they don't tell Jake the they don't tell Jake the asking these guys to take it easy on them they tell Jake that. Hey, these guys are, are are pro fighters, and 
out of this and such undefeated and whoopty whoop. But uh, yeah, that's that's just how that goes. It's just, it's a whole bunch of nonsense. And you know, I, I my, my prediction is that Jake's gonna fire his entire team after this. So Hasim, obviously you're saying there that his team had said to you, look, take it easy. This guy's obviously not at the level. We don't want you to go 100% on him. And you're saying Jake wasn't aware of that. Do you not think when you pointed it out to him and said, go and watch that tape back, if he watches that tape back and goes, oh, wow, he really did just use one arm, do you not think that that could jeopardize the fight happening? He might go, oh, oh, sorry, It's too late now. It's too late now. That's why I waited to say that into the press conference. You were probably one of the only few people that knew that I was only in there using one. Because I told you this years ago when it happened. I told you, like, I was just only using one hand. I was only using my left hand. Um, but he knew that I couldn't turn southpaw, but I think that he thinks that was the only handicap that was that was going on. Um, this guy literally, I think, I didn't exclusively, exclusively use just the left hand. You may find maybe once or twice uh, a Per per round, where I threw the right hand just as a just as a keep safe, but I I wasn't using my right hand to hurt him. I, I was under the instruction and under, that if I did hurt him, he would get mad and not pay me. So I was basically paid to take it easy on him. It's crazy because obviously this sparring session that he doesn't uh, you're claiming he wasn't privy to all the all the behind the scenes details on this is where he of of course is getting his confidence from uh and, and that's the reason he's made this fight now um I'll, I'll i'll get back to the 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 physical stuff in a moment the press conference this week i mean for me you won the press conference a lot of people online are super excited to see jake speechless for once um i always knew you could do that but i've never seen him he had no response for some things, Hassim. Were you surprised in any way? No, man. Jake's a... Listen, Jake is not smarter than me. He's not even better at creating content than me. That's just that's just his lane. Boxing is my lane. So he can go ahead and he can keep creating content and he can keep scamming people and he can keep uh, trying to do whatever he wants to do. But what he won't do is is get in that ring and beat me. When we get in that ring, it's gonna be it's gonna be a hundred percent Hassan Rockman Jr. is is going to give Jake Paul a boxing lesson. That's what's gonna happen. I'm gonna get him a boxing lesson. My I'm gonna make that man quit in front of the whole world. Because one thing I know for certain is he needs he needs the film to remember the sparring. My boxing IQ was so high I don't need the film. I remember him turning his back and running away from me when he felt a little bit of pressure. So I know when he gets in that fight, he's going to panic. He's going to panic. He'll probably do it again. He's going to panic when he gets to getting hit by 10-ounce gloves from a guy that's bigger than him. And Well, they told me this guy was going to be drained, and they told me he was going to be smaller. And Nah, man, he's going to be in for a very rude awakening come August 6th. And Hasim, obviously, we all know that there's a feud between Jake Paul and Conor McGregor. They hate each other, right? It's mainly Jake that has the hate for McGregor, if anything. But it sounds very similar here. It's it's, it's kind of uh, alarm bells are going off in my memory of 
how you're describing this this sparring session, comparing it to how McGregor sparred Paulie Malinagi, the fact that he couldn't go all out, apparently, according to Paulie, and of course you couldn't film anything. Um, do you draw a resemblance to those two sparring session situations? Yeah, but I mean, these are guys who are not... Um are not uh, uh, respectful to the boxing game. You know, in, in boxing, you got guys that'll, um, that'll spar and they record their sparring and they use it to go back and work on stuff. They don't put it out to the internet and say, oh, I, I, I beat this such and such and such and such and such and such. Um, that is almost a perfect comparison. Um, Paulie and myself being boxers going in to give these MMA YouTube guys some some boxing looks and works and then they turn it around and flip the script like as if they was actually doing something with us in the ring. I don't think anybody would half a half a boxing mind think that Conor McGregor could touch Pauly Malinaj in his worst day um in a fight. So, you know, it, it, it's it's going to be up to me to go out there on, on, on August 6th and dominate, absolutely dominate Jake Paul. And has seemed, obviously, BJ Flores, uh, there seems to be a little bit of beef between you guys this week. He, of course, BJ for those can't, that don't know. BJ can't, BJ can't beef with me because he can't beat me. BJ can't do nothing with me. Every time BJ called me in for a camp, or call me in, not even for a camp. He would only call me in for sparring sessions. I would never get to stay for the whole entire camp because BJ don't train for no whole entire camp. Um, and every single time that I did go box BJ, I was handicapped. I either had to stay southpaw or I had to stay right-handed. Um, and, and, and on top of that, the, the one time where we did so happen to bump into each other in the gym and wind up sparring, BJ was on the floor, and 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 the body snatcher Mike McCullum had to start a count for him to get up. So you know his coach can't do nothing with me, and and he can't do nothing with me. So it's it's, it's going to be a massacre come come August sixth. I don't care what BJ over there telling him. BJ could tell him anything you want. They only their only hope is that I'm gonna get tired. They already they already then 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 exposed their game plan. They hoping that I get tired and then Jake land something big late. Okay. Well what happens if I fix that, that flaw in my game? What happens if I'm ready to go eight rounds strong? Then what are you gonna do? Because the whole world knows you not gonna you can't outbox me. So what are you gonna do when I'm able to go eight rounds strong? You gonna blame it on that I have more experience than you? We'll see. I mean, again, because you say you've you've been in there with with BJ Flores, you've got the better of BJ Flores. You're saying I, I I'm trying to figure out why on earth BJ Flores would put Jake Paul in with you and say, yeah, this is a good fight for you to but win. He never said that. When he knows he how good that. you are, BJ never said that. BJ didn't say that that this is a good fight for Jake. BJ ain't going on the record and saying really nothing. BJ is Jake's bitch. He gonna do what Jake tell him to do. Okay. And again, 
they they put out this very specific special little clip of you after the sparring with Jake Paul angry and I remember Jake Paul said at the press conference why were you so mad you didn't want to answer him but I'm going to ask you that question obviously we didn't see the full clip but why were you so mad what had happened Hassan? it was it was I was disrespected it had nothing to do with the boxing he was disrespecting not only me but the sport you got a professional athlete coming in here to help you and you want to be calling names and Jumping on the turnbuckle like you like like you really doing something. I'm talking about like talking cash shit, and I'm like, bro, I literally we're in the middle of a pandemic. I just hopped off my couch to come give you a look, to come give you work, and they telling me not to hurt you, and 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 then you want to get to talking tough the last thirty seconds. These guys, see 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 Jake Paul, Jake Paul's like, well, we I don't know how y'all will call it over there, but over here we call Jake Paul like a PC type of dude. He's a PC type of dude, and PC stands for protective custody. So he he he's like one of those guys. If 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 this was like a jail setting, he would be in protective custody. He would be protected at all times with the with the police, even though he's a a, a fighter or an inmate. In 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 this an analogy, like he's definitely a PC type of guy. Like he would never walk the yard ever in his life. He can't. He would never make it a fair fight. Like. If he really wanted to, to prove himself, he would have fought me a heavyweight. He wouldn't have made me come. The, the last time he seen me, anyone seen me step on the scale, they seen me at 224. He would have never made me come down to two. Have you heard of anyone at 154 moving down to 130 to fight somebody? Or at 160, going to 165, going down to 140? It, it, it don't happen. You, know, you, you don't have those type of, uh, uh, of weight cuts. And that's what they asking of me. And just like uh, Devin Haney, and not only did they ask me to lose the weight, they asked me to lose the weight and not gain any weight the next day. They put a 10-pound uh, uh, rehydration clause in the contract where I can't, I can't gain over 10 pounds until the, the next day. And if I do miss the weight on, on, on the weigh-in day, I'm fine. After four ounces, I'm fine 25% of my purse for every pound. And the same goes for the rehydration uh, uh, weigh in the next day. For every for every pound that I'm over the agreed weight, I get fined 25% of my my purse. So they are they are very 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 uh, concerned about the weight um, because that's Jake's only. Jake has to have has to have a, a stack deck. He has to have some type of advantage. I don't know whether it's a mental thing for him, but like I knew going into that press conference, he wasn't gonna, he wasn't gonna be able to to do anything with me on a mental level. He's not smarter than me. He's not. Uh, uh, he he can't stick with me on a on a. I will verbally assault that man. He can't. He he's not intellectually challenging at all. He's a scammer. He's a fraud. He's a fake and a phony. This man. Uh, sits up here and he wanted to talk about how I had 5,000 followers the other day um, before 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 the uh, fight was announced. Well, Jake, if I had 5,000 followers the other day, why would you buy me followers and then try to throw it in my face? You, Jake bought those followers. I didn't actually buy nothing. I never acted, and I never went and, went and purchased no no. I'm real to the core. I didn't give them no passwords. I didn't do nothing. I didn't ask them for shit. 
Jake 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 Paul went and and bought those followers because when his people go and look and see who he's fighting, he didn't want them to see that he's fighting somebody with 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 with, with five thousand followers. That would have been embarrassing for him. Everything that he's done in boxing has nothing to do with his boxing accolades. It has everything to do with his success outside the ring. It has nothing to do with, with, with what he does with, with with what he's done inside the ring. And he goes, Oh, I've knocked out everybody I fought. You fought a YouTuber, two MMA uh 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 washed up fighters that were over the hill and way smaller than you. And you fought an NBA uh, uh, uh you fought Aside from Muggsy Bogues, you fought the smallest guy in NBA history. So come on, man, you you not tough, Jake. Not Jake's not even tough. Then you trying to drain me down, thinking that you're draining me, but really you just made the biggest mistake of your life. You made the biggest mistake of his life. He gonna fire his whole team after this. Hi Sim, let me run through these last couple questions uh, quickly. Um, obviously you have said that he's banking on you getting tired and obviously your dad made the point that you have underprepared for a lot of your fights and you have gassed out early and that's no secret me and you have spoke about that before um just give me a one word answer on this if you can do you think that jake's only chance is if you were to gas out yes or no no which other chance does he have if you don't gas out he can he can bring a chair or a metal rod in the ring and try to hit me when I when I when I'm walking back to my corner and try to hit me over the head with something <laughs> like that. That's the ball. No, but Hassim, what can you do? What can you do to ensure that this time you're not gonna gas? Because I don't want you to look at this guy as oh, this guy's not a boxer. He's I'm the not, easiest guy I'm ever. I'm not. I'm not. I respect him as a fighter, but um, they looking at they looking at my last fight with Kenzie. And saying, oh, he, he gassed, and, and then that's when we get him. But I'm looking at his fight with Willie, and he was, he was super gassed. And, and Tyrone Willie and Jake Paul both looked exhausted before the third round of their last fight. He looked way more tired than I ever looked in any fight, just in that fight. So we're going to see who, who who's, whose tank has more in it. Come August sixth, he's not. Um, he may have fought on a big stage before, but he's never fought this level of of competition on a big stage before. He's never uh, uh, been. He's gonna have to answer a lot of questions come August sixth. And at the end of the day, I believe he's gonna panic. He's gonna fold. He's gonna quit like the bitch he is. And Hasim, um, I don't want to go into this one too much because I feel like probably everyone's asked you this question. I don't want you to have to repeat yourself just because it's me. Uh, obviously, Jake Paul came out and said that you know you were trying to renegotiate the agreed money. There's no truth in that at all. Absolutely no truth. I took the fight. I up. took the fight knowing that I was going to be the lowest paid Jake Paul opponent ever. Didn't ask for more money. I took the fight knowing. That if I if if I only got I only had one hour to respond, they gave me one hour to respond, and they said, if you don't if you don't say yes, you'll never get the opportunity to fight Jake Paul again. This will be off the table for you forever. He'll never fight you ever again. This is the only circumstance where he'll ever give you a chance to to to, to grasp this opportunity. Mind you, 
I'm coming off a loss. They're asking me to drop 20-plus pounds. They're telling me I can't gain more than 10 pounds. And they're finding me uh, 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 over, 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 over 50, 60 grand for every pound that I, that I miss weight. No fighter in, 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 in boxing, really. I don't know who else would take that. I don't know who else would take that. But I said, you know what? I got younger fighters that I look up to. And um, I just seen a younger fighter that I look up to very much, Devin Haney, undisputed lightweight champion of the world. He went overseas, and the, 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 stack was, the deck was stacked against him. All the cards were, were in, in Cambosa's favor. But he went out there, and he believed in his skills. He believed in his boxing ability. And he came back like undisputed lightweight champion of the world. And not to say that I had the skills of Devin Haney, and not to say that I'm even anywhere on Devin Haney's level, but he just set the bar. Devin set the bar. And uh, inshallah, there'll be uh, another Muslim star born on August 6th. Absolutely. And um, yeah, I just want to say, could you imagine if they tried to give this same contract agreement with Julio Cesar Chavez about 25% every pound he comes over, he'd end up having to pay Jake Paul money. Right, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> um, like, my last... on, it, it sounds ridiculous. It's re- it was a ridiculous uh, uh, thing for them to do. And it was ridiculous for them to only give me an hour to, to sign the contract. Like I even asked, after about 15 minutes, I asked, like, yo, can I get some time to think about this? And the answer was no. Like, if you don't answer by such and such time, we're, we're pulling the deal off the table and we're going to cancel the show. Now, when 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 my my people, my team, my whole team, everybody that's involved with me and invested in me in my whole career, when they heard about this, of course they were upset. So I have no idea what they're doing behind the scenes. I don't know. All I know is I signed the fight. I never asked for more money. I never asked for anything to be changed. I didn't ask for shit. But then here, I'm, I'm, I'm literally in all access will show people that I was in the salon getting ready to go to the press conference when I heard about me asking for more money and the fight me being in jeopardy. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know nothing about all that. Right, that cool. was that was something that was thrown thrown at me, and I'm like, what? Let me call my people and get everything together. And I got everything together, and the fight happened, and nothing changed. The fight happened. I never asked for anything. I never asked for anything more. Um, Jake Paul, they promised that they would give me a, a substantial amount of money. This was when they first offered me to fight. They said they would give me a portion of my purse um, at the beginning of my camp so that I would be able to uh, 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 train and get the right, the right things done so that I'll be able to make weight um, hire the right people and able to, to be able to do my job. Still to this day, I haven't received a dime. So they playing a lot of games. But, you know, it's all good. It's all fair. All is fair. All is fair in love and boxing. As long as he got on two 10-ounce gloves and I got on two 10-ounce gloves, ain't going to be nothing. None of this is going to matter. Not the rehydration clubs, not the, not the weight cut, not the uh, 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 social media followers. None of this is going to happen. And like I said, I'm out here to prove to the world that Jake Paul is a fake. He's a fake fighter with a with a with a with a with a with a fake bravado, and he 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 get through the world faking. I mean, come on, man, we up there at the press conference, and you got Amanda Serrano, world champion, 
a real world champion up there with her belts. And you got this fake-ass Takashi 6 9 belt up there that you bought yourself. You want to fit in so bad. You want to you, you fit in so bad that you went and bought yourself a belt? You got to earn belts in boxing. You don't, just, you don't just buy yourself a belt and then throw it up there on the press card. What? You, he looks stupid. He looked 10 karat crazy up there with a belt that he bought himself. Like, come on, man. You look like a clown. Don't nobody do that in boxing. And I told him that when his brother fought KSI. When he was walking on the floor, he had that little, he had a little WBC belt he was walking around with. I said, you know you look dumb, right? Because yeah. he, 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 Devin Haney was about to fight, and, and Logan had just fought KSI. And I'm like, you know you look dumb with that belt, right? It's not a real belt, and everybody knows it. Well, well, these kids don't. Oh, you're right about the kids. Oh, all right, go ahead, Jake. You good. Go ahead. Do your thing, content creator. <laughs> my final question for you, Hasim. In my eyes, there's a lot at stake in this fight for both men, obviously. Um, I want to ask you what you'd do if you were to lose and what you'd do if you were to win. Let's start with win. If you win this fight, what happens immediately next time out? There's a rematch, I'm guessing. There's no rematch clause in the contract. Ah, okay. So when we win, I'm going to sit down with my team, and we're going to look at the board, and we're in a completely different position now. Now we're in a position to make the fight. We don't even think about losing, so we ain't even going to that. Okay. All right, my man. He's going he's really gonna have to knock me out cold in order to beat me on, on August sixth. He's gonna have to kill me, have to separate me from my consciousness. And no one's been able to do that. No one's been able to knock me out since I've been boxing. Even in my last fight, he didn't knock me out. The, the, if you look at the fourth round, I got hit with a good right hand and my neck snapped back and then I, I finished the rest of the round and won the every second rest of the round and every judge gave me the round. If you look at the fifth round I went down face first, and it's so rare that fighters even get up when they go down face first in this sport. I got up. I took yeah. a shot that snapped my neck back, and I was still good to go, clearly because I was contesting the fight when it ended. Now, if I, when I got hit with a shot like that, I wasn't about to get hit with that shot again. But if I did, so be it. Um, I just believe that that fight would stop prematurely. And the show continues on August 6th, and I'm going to show the world how great I am. Yeah, and also, just to throw in, Kenzie's a real banger. Man, as well, Kenzie's, right? you know, obviously Kenzie, much man, much credit to Kenzie. Much credit to Kenzie. Now, let's compare Kenzie and Jake Paul, since everybody thinks that the same thing's going to happen. Kenzie Morrison is the son of a heavyweight champion. Not only is the son of a heavyweight champion, he's the son of a heavyweight champion that passed away. He's fighting in 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 in, uh, in for the the spirit of his father, who was the heavyweight champion in this game in this sport. Also, McKenzie is six four, and he weighed probably two hundred and thirty five pounds by the time we got in the ring, and he was swinging all bombs. And mind you, McKenzie was twenty nineteen and zero with seventeen knockouts. Nineteen and zero, seventeen knockouts. A lot of people don't want to fight Kenzie. Jake Paul was offered to fight McKenzie Morrison before he was offered to fight Hasim Rockin Jr. That's the fact. He didn't want to fight the winner of that fight. He wanted to fight the guy that got stopped. I'm trying to tell the world, and I'm going to show the world, this guy is a fake, a fraud, a phony, 
a, a, a complete and utter disgrace to 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 what it to to the sport that we respect and love. And what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna shut him up. I'm gonna shut him up with my hands. I got people all over the world writing me. I got people all over the world coming up to me at the airport, at restaurants, different type of places. They can't wait to see this guy lose. They can't wait to see me put my. They can't wait to see me put my hands on this man. And that's what I'm gonna do. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna punish this man for all the Muslims worldwide. All the Muslims worldwide. All the Muslims that's tuning in. This is for y'all. This is for us. Check beer. There we go. Listen, Hasim, it's always a pleasure speaking with you, my man. You know that. Best of luck August 6th, and we'll speak right after. Always, sure. Joey. Thank you, bro. I appreciate it. Okay, now it's time for part two on this week's show. This part, of course, the news part of the show. We're going to start here with this one. It's a fight that's been announced for the undercard of Canelo Triple G, which, of course, goes down September 17th. Um, in Las Vegas, Nevada. On the undercard, Jesse Bam Rodriguez. He's out again. He's very, very active. Excellent to see. So he's out on the undercard. He defends his WBC Super Flyweight World title against Israel Gonzalez. Gonzalez, 28-4 with a draw. Um, boxed in April. Got a win in April. But I guess he's more famous, really, for his losses. He lost to uh, Chocolatito. He lost to Cal Yafai. He lost to Jerwin Ancajas. Um, so he's boxed for a world title a few times and he's come up short uh, every time if I'm not mistaken I don't think he's ever been a world champion he's boxed for a world title three times he's lost all three times um, only stopped by one of those guys though that was uh, Ancajas so that's the only time he's been stopped so it's going to be a decent fight I guess he's durable but offensively um, I don't see him having anything to trouble uh, Jesse Bam Rodriguez with but he's only 25 which I'm shocked to learn so he's still very very young wow um, anyway that's it for that one in other news I think we all knew it anyway but Tiafimo Lopez returns to the ring August 13th he's um, fighting at 140 of course and he gets in with Pedro Camper that one's going to be uh, in Las Vegas as well at the Results World Las Vegas going to be live on ESPN. Little undercar put together as well. Um, and in other news, it's been announced as well as part of the Triple G and Canelo free undercard. Um, again, that's going to be September 17th in Vegas. We're going to see Austin Amo Williams, the undefeated US boxing prospect. He gets in with the UK's Kieran Conway. That one's for the WBA international middleweight title. It's a decent decent fight there, to be honest with you. But I think Conway's not really a puncher. I think Williams will have too much for him. But it probably goes the distance. I, I think he'll do well to get... Um, Conway out of there but anyway that's it for the news part of the show moving on to the preview part we're going to start here at the historisch Stad Hall this one is in Westfalen Germany over here Führer Arslan 51 years of age he also has 51 wins nine losses and three draws he's in a 10 rounder against Juan Rodolfo uh, Juarez, who is 20 and 6, also on the undercard, friend of the show, Austin No Doubt Trout, 34 and 5 with a draw these days in an 8 rounder against Florin Cardos, who is 
21 and 3. Moving out now to the Copper Box Arena. Um, I'm going to be ringside for this one again this Saturday in Hackney Wick, London. On the undercard, we have uh, Sonny Liston Ali, 3 and 0, in a six rounder against Chris Adaway, who's 10 and 72 with four draws. We've also got uh, Carol Itauma, who's 7 and 0, a decent prospect, in a six rounder against Michael Gazdick. We've also got Sean Noakes, 1 and 0, in a four rounder against MJ Hall. We've got Ryan the Piranha Garner, 11 and 0, uh, 11 and 0, in an eight rounder against Christian Flores, who's 13 and 18 with two draws. We've got Pierce O'Leary, 9 and 0, in an eight rounder against Rob. Zamora, who's 17 and 14. We've got a big step up, really, for Dennis McCann, 12 and 0, fighting for the vacant WBC International Silver Featherweight title against James Beach Jr., 14 and 2. Really looking forward to that fight. We've also got Hamza Shiraz, 15 and 0, um, in a 10 rounder against Francisco Torres, who's 17 and 3, with a draw. That one's for the vacant WBC Silver Middleweight title. Always good to see Shiraz out again and again. Nick Ball, 15 and 0, coming off that brilliant win last time out against Isaac Lowe in a 12-rounder against Nathaniel Kakololo, who is 14-3 uh, and three with a draw. It's for the WBC Silver Featherweight title. All the best there to Nick Ball over 12 rounds. And the main event is a really, really good fight domestically. Lennox Clark, 20-1 and one with a draw in a 12-rounder against Mark Heffron, 27-2 and two with a draw. It's for the British, the Commonwealth, and the vacant IBF Intercontinental Super Middleweight title. I think that's going to be an absolutely brilliant fight, and I'm really unsure of who to put my money on, so I'm going to stay away from that one in terms of betting. I think it's a brilliant, brilliant fight. Um, probably going to have to side with Lennox Clark, maybe slightly. Um, oh, it's a great fight. Moving out now to the Crypto.com Arena in Los Angeles, California, USA. Over here, this one's going to be on DAZN, by the way. It's on Saturday night. We've got the return to the ring for Diego De La Hoya, 22-1. Ain't seen him for years, I don't think. He's in a 10-rounder against Enrique Bernache, who is 24-13. We've also got Alexis Rocha, who I think last time out... Perhaps, I think that's the same guy who knocked out Blair Cobbs. He's 19 and 1 in a 10 rounder against Luis Alberto Veron, who's 19 and 4 with two draws. That one's for the vacant WBO NABO welterweight title. We've got Lamont Roach, former world title challenger, 22 and 1 with a draw in a 12 rounder against Angel Rodriguez, who's 20 and 1. We've got Ricardo Sandoval, 20 and 1 in a 12 rounder against David Jimenez, who's 11 and 0. And the main event is a brilliant brilliant fight and I'm going to come to you for it Eddie. Ryan Garcia, the pretty boy is back, 22-0 he gets in with really good fighter actually, Javier Fortuna who pretty much gives everyone a tough fight 37-3 and with a draw, he's got all the experience on his side, he's got the strength, he's got the power, it's going to be very very interesting to see how Ryan Garcia fares against a guy with as much experience as Fortuna Well I think it's it's good that he's in there with this kind of this kind of of opponent, Javier Fortuna. He's got a lot of experience, and at this stage, you know, this is what Ryan Garcia needs. He needs to see where he is. He needs to have the kind of competition that the rest of the guys are having. To be honest, and um, you know, he got some time off. Uh, you know, whatever his issues were, he's gotten away from a camp. I guess he had issues with. Now it's uh, time to focus on uh, on this fight, on his on his game, and 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 actually be ready to step up because he's. He's got to start uh, thinking of even, you know, getting into some of these title fights and, and actually prove his his worth in comparison to the rest of these fighters. A lot of times, see, people will forget about 
You know what I mean? Even though you're, he's still a star. He's still, you know, he still got the look. He still got you know, all those good things. But people are, are going to stop paying attention to you, him as a fighter. You know what I mean? If he, if he gets one acting job, then uh, he might he might walk away from boxing <laughs> because you know what's going to happen is these guys are going to continue to ascend. You know, you see you see guys like uh, Devin Haney who now has all the belts. You know, he fought one fight, got all the belts. Now now you're looking at him. You know what I mean? You're looking at you're looking at Tank. You're looking at even Tiafima moving up to 140. These are all still guys that are in his 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 area, and he's got to start proving himself. Otherwise, people are going to look at him as the weak link. You know what I mean? So this is a good opportunity. This is a good fight for him. You know, he's got to get out. He's got to prove that he can handle this guy like the other ones did or better. And, uh, you know, then hopefully for him, you know, after that, if, you know, this goes well, everything goes well, he'll step up and, and probably fight somebody a little closer to, uh, I don't want to say the big four, because I don't even know how many of them there is at this point. There's a lot of them. But he'll end up, hopefully he'll end up fighting one of these guys that are at least on the edge of, where the top guys are and uh you can really gauge how close a fight that can be made with you know with tank or but or, or any of them to be honest uh you know what I mean? just just an interesting fight uh between some of the top guys you know i, I just i just I like i couldn't think of any other names right off the top of my head at the moment but um yeah uh, uh just looking forward to seeing them get back in and hopefully gets the win so we can see some big fights soon Absolutely, yeah. I think some of those names that you're speaking about are the names that are in my head as well. Obviously, the likes of your Tiafimo Lopez's, your your Shakur Stevenson's, your Javante Davis's, your your Devin Haney's. All these guys, though, as you say, have all got belts, and he's the only one who doesn't. So to be in that conversation legitimately and talent uh, talent wise as well, he needs to win a world title because yeah, he might have the the biggest number of followers out of all of those guys, but that's not what boxing's all about. Anyway, moving on. Moving now to the Stadium of Light in Sunderland, Tynan Ware, United Kingdom over here. Thomas Patrick Ward, 32-0 with a draw. No opponent just yet. He's scheduled for a 10-rounder. Pretty much sums up Thomas Patrick Ward's career, sadly. I think he was such a talented fighter and... Um, you know, he, he just fights absolutely no one and pads out the record and it even looks like he's starting to get on the slide a little bit himself. But I don't know what is going on with this guy. Such a talent. Probably could have been a world champion. Maybe he's missed the boat. I don't know. But doesn't help him here not having an opponent just a couple of days out from the fight. That one, by the way, is Sunday. Um... And the final card to mention for the preview part of the show, it goes down next Wednesday, July 20th, um, in Thailand at Chomburi. Over here we've got Tamanoon Neomtrong. You might have not heard of him, but he is the WBA Super World Minimum Weight Champion. He's 23-0. He gets in over 12 rounds against Chaifon Moonsri, who's 55-2. and But let's write out his two losses and call him 57-0. and um, Yeah, so this is Moonsri's chance to pick up a world title once again. This time the WBA. Anyway, that is it for the preview part of the show. That is everything. The final thing for me to do is to come in with the outro, which I'll do in just a few seconds. Okay, and this wraps up episode 352 of the Box Hard Podcast. I've been your host, Joey Coastman. Eddie Chambers has been with me for the duration of the show. A big thank you to our special guest on this week's podcast, a very good friend of mine, the son of a legend and the man that will be facing 
off against Jake Paul on August 6th. That man, of course, is Mr. Hassan Ratman Jr. The biggest thanks of all, though, goes out to you, the listeners. There were a few little tiny audio issues this week. I don't know if anyone noticed them. If you did and they bothered you, I'm very sorry. I'm going to hope to uh, fix those by next week. But that's about everything from myself. Enjoy your weekends, people. Stay safe, and we shall see you all again next week.